What up, world? What up, world? What up, what up, what up? Join us for another session of Untherapy. We got the wonderful Untherapist with us. Lady J, how you feeling? I am feeling amazing. Hey, Untherapy Bays. That's what I'm talking about. Jelly Gels, how you feeling? I'm ready to relax. That's what I'm talking about. Chef Shay, how you feeling? Feeling blessed and highly favored. Thankful to be here. Ready to get into this combo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, man. Listen, Deja Days is out there getting that money, man. So she'll be with us next week. But I got to ask you, Lady J, how, how's, how's the baby? How, how's she coming along? My baby, she is coming along very, very well, actually. They, they start to say she looked like me. <laughs> so I clearly my genes pulled through. Thank God. So she's a mama's girl, of course. But She's growing too fast. I want another one, I think. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Get through two. I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't no, do think, it just yet. No, I think I'm going to do it. Hey, do your thing, man. Um, yeah. You know, at this rate, you make your own decisions. God is good. God is good. Thank God for the blessing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, it's, 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 I have a burning... Um, a burning question um, or, or burning topic to talk about. At my job over the last, I want to say three or four months, me and my supervisor, you know, I've been talking to him about leverage, you know, having leverage. I've been seeing a change happening within my job, you know, people coming and people going and, you know, they're losing a lot more people that, than, than the people that are coming in. Um, you know, pardon me if y'all hear that background, you know, tell the tale, want to be a, she want to be a part of the podcast so bad. You know, hey, one day we'll be up, just not today. Um, <clears throat> but we've been talking about leverage, and and as people are leaving, the our value is going up. You know what I mean? And with that, it's starting to be like we need you guys more and more. But the conversation is always about more work, and it's never about more money. But mm -hmm. understanding your leverage and understanding your value, you can start to leverage things differently. You know what I mean? So. Um, I've been talking about leverage with him for quite some time. And I just happened to listen to a podcast last week and their conversation for two weeks has been leverage. And I'm like, this is, this is a powerful talk because a lot of people don't know their value. So they don't really understand how they can leverage that value. So lady J, I'm going to start with you. Has there ever been a time where you had to, um, use leverage to get something that you needed because you knew your value, um, in any situation, whether it be personal or professional. Um, absolutely. So I would say in a professional realm, I think once you get to a certain stature, or a certain level in your career, you should always leverage your value to get what you want. If that is the amount of hours you want to work, or if your salary, whatever salary, if you're hourly, whatever type of money you think you're worth. So I actually did that as of recent, um, with a certain rate was offered. And based on, you know, I, I base whatever I get paid off of whatever my last job is or whatever I previously got paid. So a certain rate was offered and some people would have just said yes, but me knowing what I have been paid before, my first response was, is this open for negotiation? And I think when we right. talk about leverage, it's a good point to say that some people are actually nervous to utilize their leverage, especially in a professional realm right they're nervous to say things like negotiation when something is offered but let on therapy be the guiding light for you to <laughs> ask for what you want ask for what suits your lifestyle basically and never take the first answer and i'll say in a personal standpoint yeah i use that all the time especially when it comes to even motherhood now there's just certain things that i will not stand for anymore for when I was just like a single one by myself, now that I'm a single mom, um, there's just certain things I won't stand for. And I use my leverage in certain aspects to get what I want because I'm just like, nah, if I do X, Y, Z, <laughs> no. So right. I think there's, I think there's different variations of it, but I absolutely think that you should always fight for whatever you think you deserve. If that's monetary, personal relationships, if you're in a relationship and you feel like, you know, you're growing beyond the person that you're with and it's either you help them grow or you grow beyond them and move on to somebody else that suits your future you. So. 
So, so what, what things went into developing that mindset of one, understanding your value and two, understanding what you have to leverage? Is that past experiences? Is that going to school? Like what exactly, you know, from your professional standpoint, we start off with and you can go wherever it leads you. But um, what type of things went into understanding what you had um, to obtain your leverage that you needed? So in a professional standpoint, I would honestly say it goes, it's a mix of education, but I want to say I try not to, you know, hover too much on degrees and stuff. I have a few, but I have a couple, but I try not to hover too much on that because I think experience sometimes um, gives you a better mindset than degrees can. And I say that because, and it's not to downgrade school. I mean, I got one bachelor's, two master's, and PhD, but I think in a professional standpoint and, and your experience, you could, because put it like this, I, I had my bachelor's, my master's, all that, but I knew nothing about negotiating a salary until I actually started working and I saw what person A was paying me. Then I saw person B was willing to double that. So now when it comes to person C, D, E, and F, I'm like, I need bigger than what person B is paying me since this is my last pay rate. So I think it's all, I think everything builds up. It's like building blocks, right? And you're building, building up to whatever your ultimate goal is. But I think more so than education, education is just like um, like the first layer of the house, right? It's like you done bought the land, you got your plot there, you got, you know where you're going to build your house. That's for me, the education. Like, this is what I want to do with A, B, and C. Now the experience helps me to put up the walls, put up the roof, put the doors, the shingles, all that other stuff. So for professional wise, it's all experience. And it's really what I've been exposed to. So I wouldn't know, let's say hypothetically speaking, I make 200,000 a year. I wouldn't know I could I could get 200,000 a year if I didn't have that one company that may have paid me 150K, right? Right, right, right? And so for me, it's just experience. And honestly, I think professionally, once you reach a certain level of your career and you've been doing something for long enough and you know your, what your value is to your company, a, a big shameless plug, leverage, whatever you want to call it, you get to the point that you could actually turn things down especially mm-hmm. when it comes to monetary wise, you could turn things down and be like, if this is all you're willing to pay, no, I will walk away from it. And I feel like for me, that's the pinnacle right. of, of achieving success in some type of way for talking monetary. I mean, there's a lot of different things. And I think that's important because if you ask me early career wise, I would say, who 2016 me, only a bachelor's degree, doing my master's, living in New York, there are certain rates I'll be like, yes, I'll take it, I'll take it, because I was just trying to build and make money. But now, fast forward to 2022 me with a child and things like that, even before I had the child, actually, um, things like that, knowing everything that I have done to get to where I am now, I've said no to a lot of people, but 22-year-old me may have not said no to a lot of things, but 30-year-old me, definitely says no often when it comes to professional professional work and stuff like stuff like that because I think for me saying no is another reinforcement of knowing my value and knowing what I bring to the table so if it's a no I I know it's a no that I could get a yes somewhere else and usually if you're as good as you say you are you bring as much value as you say you do people will work with your no to be quite honest, if you say no, they say why, and you say, this is what I need, X, Y, Z, if you're that valuable, people will work with you. And professional-wise, um, I would say maybe like four weeks ago, we released an episode about um, basically things that we look for in a man and things that, or women, or just dating experience. And I said that um, I want a man with a minimum of 10K in their bank account. If not, he has to own a house, X, Y, Z. I've dated enough broke men to know I don't want to date a broke man and broke man anymore. So I think that's just using your experience in certain categories to ask for something different. So if you dated someone who wasn't able to provide X, Y, and Z for you, and you've already experienced that, again, it go back to experience, of course, now I'm asking for a man with life insurance, a 401k, 10,000 minimum in their bank account, or XYZ, whatever your qualities are, because I've already experienced what the other side of the spectrum looks like, and it's not too good for where I want to go, so I use that experience to know what I ask for, so like, 
I would say oh, I always overax, no matter what it is. Because if I overax, I'll end up dropping somewhere where I actually want to do, want to be. So it works for me. And you know, my fa- one of my favorite movies, I know how y'all feel about Stacey Dash, but Clueless will still be one of my favorite movies of all time. And the one line in the movie that Cher always says, every no is a starting point to a yes, and every no is negotiable. So let me tell you something. If y'all have never received an email from Lady J, there is a paragraph under her name. She will tell you every degree she has received. Shout out to the flex. <laughs> Shout out to the flex. Now, I, even so everything you said was powerful, but is there ever been a time where you undervalued what you thought you should receive? So let's just say that um, you're saying to yourself, um, you know what? I'm worth 50K. I'm a speaker and I'm worth 50K. You know what I mean? And the company is like, oh, 50K, that's it? That's all you want? We want to pay 250 in a month. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you said, you know what I mean? That, hey, you know, based on what I see, I think this is what I'm worth. And they're like, all right, no problem. We can definitely do that because we was budgeting to pay you about 200000 more. Has there ever been a time where you undervalued um, your value? Um, I'm pretty sure I have, um, unknowingly, early career. I'm pretty sure I have. But again, going through those experiences it teaches you to build up from there so it te- like early career I will be transparent my first job out of grad school I mean I had a bachelor's and master's at this time my first job ever first full-time job years ago was 45k a year and I'm being completely transparent about it so that was my first job I've ever had first full-time job with a bachelor's and a master's was 45k a year and at that time when I only had two degrees I went straight from undergrad which I never had a real job to grad school which I also did not never had a real job only internships so my first real job full-time job 45k a year and at that time I thought I was like oh okay that's cool I'll take it And I didn't ask how much the max salary was. I didn't go on Glassdoor, any of those cool websites to figure out what previous employees said about the job, anything like that. But going from that um, and building my experience up over the next 10 years, literally, I was then able to know, looking at that starting point to where I am now, it's a vast difference. So I feel like, yeah, probably back then when, again, I had no real job experience. I mean, I worked on campus when I was an undergrad and when I was in grad school, I was just living up in New York. I wasn't, I wasn't working (laughs) or anything like that. So I had no real job experience except for internship experience. I was just going to take anything somebody offered me because at that point I just wanted a full-time job, right. Mm -hmm. To start building my experience. So yeah, there has been, have been times that I knew I would be able to bring more to the table, but I took what was offered so I could just get my foot in the door of a full-time job and then bring that experience to the table. But I think with me, I'm a planner. So I always got an end goal. I'm a strategic planner um, and I always have an end goal. So, and I think that's more important than leverage. That's more important than experience. You got to know your end goal because if you don't know where you want to (laughs) go, how do you know what's, what's accepting? And again, 45k to some people are like oh that's a little bit of money but remember that was I would say dang how many years ago was that I want to say that was nine years ago 45k nine years ago I don't think it was so bad nine years ago right nine years ago 45k and also I didn't have any bills I didn't have any responsibilities I have no car no I had none of that I was just living free early 20s so my paychecks would literally be splurging I didn't have an exact plan or anything I just left grad school on a high from all that so but now it's completely different because you know I have a master plan I have an ultimate goal I have a daughter I have to I take care of by myself I have all these type of things so I think once you assess your end goal you know what works for you so if you know you have three thousand dollars worth of bills per month you better not be taking a twenty dollar per hour job that makes no sense you will be living paycheck to paycheck so I think all that has to be assessed. And I, I, I got to say, shout out to my parents. Shout yeah. out to them because they have um, really, really laid the foundation for me when I was in school and everything like that. I never had to worry about bills or finances. So again, that's why my first job at 45K, I was able to take that and run with it because I never had to worry about bills and finances and things like that. 
And I know a lot of people's parents kick them out at 18 or as soon as they're 18, as soon as they're in college, you're like, oh, you're on your own. My parents have never done that to this day. My parents have never done that to me. So I also had a tribe that helped to lay that groundwork for me to get to where I am now. Listen, that, that, that's, that tribe thing is important, man. And, you know, <clears throat> I want to pick your brain a little bit more on that a little later on. Um, but Jelly, I need to ask you, has have you ever had to um, use your value to obtain leverage in a situation, whether it be professionally or personally? Uh, I can honestly think of more examples on the professional side. So um, when the pandemic first happened, I, I took that as a sign to explore my options career wise. You know, don't just stay where you are familiar, but kind of branch out to see what else is out there, you know, get more experience and all that other great stuff that they tell you to do as a professional in corporate America. So um, I threw my hat in a ring and I got a role that literally I had no experience in. So I'm like, okay, clearly this is God looking out. And uh, the role was 100% remote. So I'm just like, all right, it wasn't a promotion in terms of title, but I was definitely looking for a pay bump because why not? Right. So I interviewed, I got the job. At first it was, you know, remote until they opened the office back up. So I'm like, okay, all they can say is no. How about this role be fully remote? Sure. Okay, wonderful. So then they asked me, what is it that I would like to make? And I'm like, well, what is the salary range? <laughs> Right. Uh, which is something that I would advise every person to do. Don't just fall for the bait of giving them what it is you expect. Ask for the range. Ask them a follow-up question, but you don't have to tell them what it is that you want. Right. Be flexible, and they might offer you something that you're not even thinking. Um, right. 100%. Which is something that I feel like a, a lot of people in our community do, um, especially African-Americans. You know, we've been groomed to to reach goals and, and set standards for ourselves. And I think sometimes we limit ourselves in terms of our potential because we go for, oh, I have a cousin that made 60K coming out of school. I want to make 70K. Well, you could have had a, a role that offered you 90K, but because you're so focused on making the 70, you limit yourself. So, um, right, right. but I digress. So, you know, I asked for the salary range and they gave it to me. I was already at, you know, the... 70 percentile in that range but I didn't let that stop me you know you saw something in me clearly because I do not have any experience in this role but something told you that you liked me I have experience period in this industry I've accelerated quite swiftly in terms of being a, a finance professional, you know, now I'm, I've been managing people for several years. There's something about me that you find value in. So I'm not going to sell myself short. So I threw out a number and they said, well, that's again, towards the end of our range. So we'll have to take that back. But I didn't cower away from sticking to that number because again if they didn't feel like I was worth it they would not have extended me the offer and I wound up getting it um and the reason why I felt so comfortable pitching that opportunity or upselling myself in that way was because of what John said earlier experience I'm not someone that's brand new I'm not someone that doesn't know what they're talking about I'm not someone that doesn't show up to work every day and, and give my full effort and I'm not someone that has you know, plateaued in terms of their career. I'm continuing to advance. You see the value in me. If you want to retain me, put your money where your mouth is. My salary is not going to make or break this company. So you can afford it. And if not, there's another company that will. That's the talk. You know what I'm saying? You can afford it. You know what I mean? And I think that's where we get caught up a lot of times. These jobs aren't broke. They're deciding what they're deciding to give you. You know what I mean? And you have to make the decision as, is this what I'm going to accept for years? You know, I downplayed myself, you know what I mean? Um, and not that I downplayed myself from a standpoint of, I didn't see my value, um, but I was just accepting what they offered. You know, now it's at the point where, no, 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 listen, if you want this out of me, you got to pay me or you're not getting this out of me. It's that simple. Um, and I'm okay with saying, nah, I'm good. 
You know what I mean? Especially and that's the thing that I think we have to tell ourselves, Coach. Am I okay with them saying no? And if you're not at that point yet, then maybe you shouldn't be out here being the flexiest out here talking about, oh, I'm this and I'm that. If if you really need this job, don't be out there showboating, you know, because just as yep. quickly as they'll hire you, they will fire you. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> talking that jazz is- and you're like, okay, bye-bye. Exactly. They give you your little severance package. You only been there two years, so you're only yeah. getting four weeks of severance. No, 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 no. Exactly. Exactly. If they so, even give you severance. Jelly just hit out a good point. <laughs> please know, please know who you are before you try this. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again, please. Say it again. Please know who you are before you try anybody. I know yep. everything we're saying sounds all good and glamorous, but Jelly will put into perspective for you. Past, yeah. Pastor Jelly will put into perspective for you. Please yeah. know what you asked him for. Because, you know, <laughs> I think a takeaway that people might take from what me and Jelly probably just said before she said her last statement was like, just go for it. If you want 100000 just go for it. You never know where you'll land. But I'm like, now, insert name. If you're late to work five <laughs> out of five days a week, you had 120 hours of PTO and you took it. You take a week off every month and you know right. nothing in Asana is done on time or whatever project management system y'all may use. Do not go to these people act office acting crazy. And I'm not going to tell that story because the person listens to the podcast. But, you know, I ain't, ain't going to tell it. But, you know, you kind of got to assess yourself first before you allow someone to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think um, knowing value and finding le- and using your leverage, um, you, o- you honestly have to humble yourself and actually know yourself. So, yes. again, <laughs> if you're not doing X, Y, Z, but you want A, B, C, you got to let's dial it back. Right. Let's dial yeah. it back. Yeah, yeah. Jelly, you need to you need to frame that quote, Jelly, because <laughs> I feel like people will be out here be like, I want 200k. What well, ma'am? Your literally last job was 35k. Make it make sense. Literally. Yeah. Or they what? see these lifestyles on social media about like, oh, I'm gonna be. I don't know if y'all saw that article. I think it was on the shade room about how this woman was literally like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a professional nomad. And she wound up being homeless and losing her job because she didn't think logistically about how she was going to achieve that. Like, okay, yes, you could take your laptop anywhere, but you have to have secure Wi-Fi. This girl <laughs> kept missing days of work. Oh, no. um, she never really like secured like Airbnbs or the ones that she found. Oh, she wanted it to have a certain aesthetic. So she wound up like overspending on her credit cards. Like don't have social media fooling y'all. Yes, you may be able to get away with going for two weeks to Bali or something with your laptop, but don't just all of a sudden say, I'm going to leave all of these, you know, cares behind and you don't set yourself up for success. You're struggling to connect in Panera and your boss about to fire you. <laughs> exactly. In the famous words of Jelly, you got to know how to play the game. Please. Yeah. You got to know how to play the game. Um, nomad life is, will never be for me. But if that is your life, at least get you a, a what is called? My fi, whatever it's called. <laughs> get, you, get, get you a little hookup, hookup somewhere. You can't. Starbucks out of power now you can't work. This makes no sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 everything you guys are saying is it's honestly so many steps that are broken down under that. You know, before you get to the point, you just walk in the office like, nah, I ain't taking that. You know what I mean? 45k, nah, I want 50. Now nah, I want 90. You know what I mean? You really have to know yourself, like Lady J said. Um, you have to know who you are and know who they're not, you know, a lot of times. And I find that. With vacancy comes value. A lot of the times, whether it be in an office place, whether it's in church, whether it's somewhere else, if you bring something that they don't have or something that they're missing or something someone else can't do, your value goes up. If everybody can can do exactly what you do, you might not want to walk in that office with that strut just yet. You know what I'm saying? It, it's super important. I never forget um, listening to, um, I think it was Nipsey Hussle, and he was talking about... Um, there's a specific number that he wanted when he went in to negotiate. And it was like, um, yeah, we appreciate everything you're saying, but you're not quite there yet. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he said, all right, cool. He had to go back to the drawing board. He had to invest in himself and invest in what he was doing. And he had to bring those numbers back later on after he reached a certain plateau. And he was like, yeah, we can, we can do this. You know what I mean? So you, you have to, you have to realize what you are and you also have to realize what you're not. So, so, so lady J help me with the appraisal. Cause I think people, people sometimes under appraise themselves and sometimes people over appraise themselves. Is it you who's doing the appraisal or is it somebody else? Cause they say, listen, you don't appraise your own house. You have to come in and have somebody look at the house and do X, Y, and Z. There's an external person that's set to appraise a house. So is it you doing the appraisal only or is it somebody else be coming in and helping you doing appraisal on yourself when you're, um, when you're determining your value? I think um, it's a mix of both. So eventually I think everybody will strive to be at the point in their career where, you know, you walk into a room of your peers, your counterparts, and you don't even have to introduce yourself anymore, right? They know jelly work and finance. They know Chef Shea whipping up the food. They know different things, right? So I think it's a mix. So I think it's always better in-house <laughs> to realistically determine what you think your value is and your worth is in-house. And I mean, again, we're just making blanket statements here, but I know that's not an easy task. It's not easy to sit down and say, I think I'm worth X, Y, Z versus ABC. It's not easy. Right. But for me, the easiest way to assess that or to appraise <laughs> myself is really to look at, look at myself holistically, look at like wide view. How much do I need? How much bills do I have per month? What are my expenses? my expenses. After my expenses, how much do I want to put in a savings account? How much money do I want to play with? All of those things to me add up to what your work value is, because it makes no sense if let's say you accept a 60K offer, but all you could do is pay your bills and have just $50 extra a month to go out to eat. You're, not, you're going to hate your job. You can't do anything else. So I think all of that goes into it. And I, I think for me personally, I assess all of that, then I determine how much I want to make. And then you have to have like a co-signer because it's one thing about me saying, I'm great at my job. I do A, B, C, D. This is what my resume says. But most high paid jobs, especially when you're getting to six figures, funny enough, they do check references, right? And that's another <laughs> like, yeah, like I've had jobs that my first job ever never checked the reference. But once you start making over X, Y, Z, if you're getting up to the six figures or above, they check your references and they should, if they're spending a good penny on you, they should check your references, right? right? Because some people lie about education. They lie about experience. Some people say, you know, they're a yoga instructor when they really just uh, be cleaning up the yoga studio. <laughs> so Hey, listen, man. <laughs> listen, man, it's all about how you word it. I mean, that's word to Michael, so I don't know. But <laughs> I, th I think, honestly, it really just depends. I think it, it has to be both. You have to assess what you think your value is. And again, I know that's not easy to figure that out for yourself. And I mean, that should honestly be something that's taught in undergrad before they send you out into the real world. But that's a whole other conversation. And then based on things you've done in the past, and it doesn't have to be paid jobs, even internships. I think before you get to where you want to get to, you really have to do the groundwork and boots on the ground. You got to actually grind to get there. Like nothing comes easy. Like I didn't get my so-called dream job right out of undergrad. It probably took, what, six years after undergrad for me to get that so-called dream job or that so-called value added job where I felt like I'm making as much money as I want to make, just depending. Mm -hmm. And again, what I could say is this is how much I want to make. And what Jelly could say, this is how much you want to make. It could be two different numbers, but they're numbers that align with our individual lifestyle. So what works for me may not work for her or you or whomever. So mm -hmm. it, it's both. You have to, I guess, appraise yourself and you have to get somebody else to appraise your value as well, especially if you're not like a entrepreneur, you're not your own business, your, your own boss. And especially if you're working at somebody's company, because there's no fortune 500, whatever company that you could just walk in, walk into and say, I want 400 K and you'll see what I bring to the table on my first day. That's not going to work. 
Right, right. You, ha- you, ha- you have to have those building blocks lined up. And I think it's really just how you assert yourself and how you carry yourself. Like when you walk into a room or when you walk into your interview, are you saying things like, you know, I think I'll be good um, working on a team? Or are you saying, I know I'm a great team player because I've managed project XYZ and this is the outcome. I think it's how you assert yourself and how you talk about yourself. You sh- there should never be no, I think when I talk about myself is, do you know, or do you not know? <laughs> Which one is it? Right. And right. I think the way you talk about yourself and the way you build yourself up also adds to your value because I know a lot of people who may or may not be filled with BS, but when they talk about themselves, it surely don't sound like it. Right. And a lot of times um, you got to fake it till you make it. Let's be real. A lot of times you have to fake it till you make it. And you people could take that however they want, go with it wherever they want. But if you feel like you know you have the potential to do something, but your value isn't there yet based on maybe experience, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. But you have to make sure you come through with what you're trying to do. I think I don't know anything about like work world and applying for jobs. I think at this rate, you're competing with a lot of people. I said, there is somebody graduated a bachelor's every, every day. Someone graduates with a master's every day. I was telling a colleague of mine the other day that master's degrees are like bachelor's and bachelor's are like associates now. And the reason why is almost a lot of people have it. So if you're interviewing in a pool of everybody who has a bachelor's and master's, now what makes you stand out? All your credentials essentially say the same thing education-wise. What's going to make you stand out? Between Susan, who lives at home with her mom and dad, is 23, no problem in the world, and she'll take 35K, but you have hella bills and everything, and you know the minimum you could live off of is 70 so why would they hire you over Susan if y'all have the same amount of degrees? And that's that's super important. And Shay, I want you to chime in just a second, please. Um, mm-hmm. I um, the NBA has a draft every year. The football league has a draft every year. There's literally people coming in to take your position. What guarantees that your value stays the same? You know what I mean? Every year or every few months, or you know how often do you assess yourself? So Shay, um. Two things. One, how do you um, how do you maintain your value? You know what I mean? Because telling me, hey, I'm a MySpace coder right now doesn't do much for me. You know what I mean? Th- those days are over. You know what I mean? For for now, at least. How have you been able to um, maintain your value to go with this current time? One and two. Who's helped you build the confidence to be able to articulate your value? Shay? I love that question, and I would say. It's really through leveraging relationships. Um, just kind of like piggybacking off of what Lady J was saying, like having somebody who can back up that you are X, Y, and Z. And then also having folks that will help you along if you don't know X, Y, and Z to get you to the point you need to be to get to that next space. And that's been so important to me um, and pivotal in like me building the blocks of getting to where I am now, just even starting off in smaller spaces, like those internships that people take for granted, thinking like, oh, you know, how does this, you know, how does this impact me later on in the future? Like, no, that's your your first step in building relationships, meeting the people that you need to meet in your industry, um, connecting with folks that know somebody that's higher than them and connecting you to the next person that you'll need to get to that next position or role you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And you have to leverage that power in making sure you make those connections so that people can see your value so that when Susie and you got a master's, they'd be like, oh, I know that Shay, you know, they're both they're the same, but I know Shay and I know her personally. I know her character and I know her work ethic and I, I've worked with her in this project. And I, I, I know from experience because I've been with this person and had this relationship that she's a great fit and would be perfect to add to our company. So just having that mentality of like, not thinking like everyone is a comp, like you're not thinking that everybody is a competitor. Sometimes you got to think that's, that's an, another connection that I can make. And sometimes you having that mindset of thinking, okay, that's somebody I can learn from. That's somebody I can, you know, get to, get to the next step that can help you along and 
so many ways. Like for instance, I took a leap of faith in um, changing my role. And I had some background experience that, you know, they saw lend it to what was going, some it, it lended itself to the role that I'm doing now, even though it wasn't specifically that, like some of that experience would be helpful, they saw. So once I was able to get my foot in the door, my mindset is now is making as many connections as I can and learning as much as I can. So for instance, with my manager, I told him from the get-go, like my goal is to move up and I want to learn everything that you know so that um, I can learn all the aspects of the company and potentially move into your role, right? Just being upfront and letting them know so that I want to have that personal development and also just building that personal connection. Of course, I didn't, you know, out the gate say that. I built that connection with him and felt comfortable enough to the point where I let him know that's my intention. Not in a way of saying I want your job, but in a way of I just want to learn enough so that I can move up. And he understood that and saw that I was putting in the work, that I was actually making the effort to stay like a little extra time or doing extra projects to learn. Um, and move to that step. So now he's giving me more responsibility because he knows that's my goal and he knows my character to be able to vouch for me to say when he's not there, oh, Shay can, you know, manage the team while I'm gone. You can ask her X, Y, and Z because she knows because I, I entrusted her with that knowledge to, to do X, Y, and Z. So relationships is big. Don't always think everybody's your, your competition. Think of the next person as a connection that will help you to get to the next step. You you said a lot, Shay, honestly, and it was all good information. And, <laughs> and I believe that when you're learning leverage or and and there's no one particular way to do this, but when you're learning leverage and learning how you can leverage, there's so many things that you can leverage and you don't always need money to leverage. You know what I mean? Like you said, there's relationships that you can leverage. Um, you can leverage your mindset uh, or the mindsets of like-minded people. The one thing I found that was so beautiful about Nipsey Hussle is he was a he was a genius, but at the same time, he leveraged the mindsets of others. A lot of the things that he tried, a lot of the things that he articulated was something that he read, something that he saw, something that he heard from someone who had proven results. You know, And sometimes to get your foot in the door, you may not have a clue on how to do a job. You know what I mean? You might want to get a clue, but you may not have the best clue. I, I want to get into photography. I have no clue about photography outside of snapping photos. I mean, like I understand how to take photos, but the nitty gritty, I don't really know per se, but I started studying those who were well at taking photos, um, doing art, same thing. I don't know how to do art. You know what I mean? I don't know how to necessarily um, make a painting or do a canvas, but I started studying those who didn't know how to do it. And when I started doing that, I was able to leverage those conversations into something more, you know what I mean? So it, there's a lot of different ways you can leverage, you know, you can leverage your money or the lack thereof. What do I mean by that? I think um, Damon, Damon John, I want to say the guy from Shark Tank, I think he had a book called The Power of Broke. And it was, I didn't read the entire book, but I read some parts that were pretty interesting. And it just showed you how to leverage different things. There are people who, um, have the resources, they have the money, they don't have the creativity. That's the part you leverage. You know what I mean? There's there's different ways to get um, a maximum experience. You just have to know yourself, like Lady J said, to be able to, to go in and, you know, one, articulate yourself, speak well of yourself uh, to be able to do these things, but two, to execute at the highest level possible. Um, so that, I mean, you hit, you hit a lot of things on the head. Jelly, let me ask you, is is when you when it comes to your leverage or when people you know kind of assessing their leverage is the leverage or the value based on the market or is it based on uh just how i feel how much i feel i'm worth uh is it heavily based on what the market is giving at the time or is it like now nah, forget what the market is giving like lady j said i'm just going to request 400k what's up definitely based on the market um if you have not seen it, please go see it. The movie Hidden Figures, like as they had a, a whole room full of black women and they were calling them calculators. Basically they were in there doing addition and subtraction, right? All of a sudden in comes this computer and they like, the manager is like, uh, which is a play by Octavia Spencer. 
It's like, oh no, we about to be out of a job because as soon as they get this computer up and running, this can do our work in a fraction of the time, you know? Right. So right. although I'm worth the however much money they pay in an hour to do this job, essentially my job won't be worth anything. And I think that's what people need to take into consideration. Your job as a data entry specialist could be worth $30,000 or $40,000 today. But as soon as, you know, they introduce AI or some programming software to do your job, it may not be worth anything. You know, I could click a button and do your job in six hours. Why would I pay you 40, 40 for 40 hours a week to do your job? That It doesn't right. make much sense. So right. it's, it's really important for people to constantly assess their skills. Like I'm, I'm super bad at it myself, but they pretty much a, a tip that a lot of um, career coaches give you is to update your resume you know, offline, not to share with anyone, but updating your resume every three months to make sure that there's something that you're learning or improving some sort of skill set that you have um, to make sure that you're marketable, to make sure that there's something that you bring value to the table. Even if it's something small, you know, like, oh, okay, I've, I've learned a VBA or I learned how to do macro or I can write the smallest, simplest line of SQL. I'm still going to throw it on my resume. Why? Because although someone may have be, um, you know, at the intermediate level of all of SQL, they may not have all of the other things that I have listed on my resume. And that one small line now makes me more valuable than this one person that has only that one skill. You should constantly be trying to make sure that you give as much value as possible and also find roles that people don't have a ton of exposure to. So, you know, essentially, I, and I hate to use this vernacular because I, one thing I always tell my boss is if the company burns down because I'm not here, they deserve it. So, you know, but, you know, take that with a grain of salt as well. But you should definitely try to find jobs that are so valuable to the company that, oh, un un until something else blows up, I have to keep Angelica because she's the only one that knows how to do this role. Or I have to keep Shay because she's the architect of this and nobody else knows the inner workings except for her. Matter of fact, instead of getting rid of or eliminating her role, I'm going to create a new role for her because she's going to be able to teach everybody else how to create other programs just like this, you know? So you should constantly be reinventing yourself or adding new school skills to your skills set, but you should never just walk around thinking that, oh, I'm always going to be worth this amount of money because they're Technology is changing every day. Jobs are changing every day. Even the way companies are, are being looked at are changing every day. Believe it or not, insurance companies are no longer being looked at as insurance companies, but data companies. Why? Because they acquire data so much around habits of people on a daily basis. So something so simple that everybody considers to be a quote unquote scam is evolving over time. You best believe that you better be evolving as well, because sooner or later, your value could fall in milliseconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's, that's so key these days is to understand that if you don't evolve, you'll devolve. You know what I mean? And you'll find yourself holding that same dollar that you've had the last 30 years and wondering why you can't purchase anything. You know what I mean? You'll sit there holding a skill that nobody needs anymore you know what i mean hey hey y'all you know what i mean i fix fax machines that's great man we use emails though <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh, uh hey I, I, no seriously there's, there's people who who really um they became specialists at things we don't need anymore and you know, it's it's you know uh, yeah go ahead i'm sorry you know that's a, that's a really good point because i think back in the day actually from one of my internships in grad school um, so fun fact, I worked at the United Nations when I was in grad school, but, um, flex, 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 yes, flex certain, y'all could, anybody who doubts me, you're a hater. Ain't this like the third LinkedIn. flex John has had? Oh my God. Yeah. On this episode alone, <laughs> flex CJ, lady <Same>. flex. <laughs> but... I think one of the one thing that has like 
evolved with the world over the last couple of years have been and if y'all hear snoring on therapy bays that's my baby she is fast asleep and there's nothing i can do about it (laughs) we parents over here you know how that go (laughs) but um back in the day a lot of these higher positions like a ceo or cfo they didn't need all the degrees that we may or may not have at this stage right we they did not need all that to get those ceo positions it's this generation that needs to add in the degrees to get those type of things so education is something that has evolved because if you i when i was at the united nations and i would ask people how they got to their positions they are there are now a lot of people like oh yeah i just have a certificate in abc but even when i was there the minimum requirement by 2017 was a bachelor's and a master's but in 2001 that wasn't the minimum requirement so with that being said jobs do not want a one-trick pony they want to hire you for a and be able to get b c d e out of you right i mean it only makes sense and you bringing that value i think it adds value to yourself and the company and I mean, I think that's additional way that you can negotiate your salary. Because even if someone hires a writer, for example, they don't only want you to know how to write. They want you to know digital marketing. They want you to know social media. They want you to know, um, they want you to media train people. They want you to do all things on the spectrum of one item. And I feel like if you're someone that's stuck in the box of I write, that's only the only thing I want to do. I only want to write. I'm not interested in anything else. You put yourself in a box because these kids coding and making TikToks at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's definitely true. You got to get comfortable yeah. with being uncomfortable. Like if you if you comfortable at your job, you're doing it wrong. Like you need to be finding out what's the next thing. Yeah. You got to find out what's the next new thing to figure out and learn because as soon as you get comfortable and thinking, oh, you think that what you know is enough, somebody else is going to run right past you, get more information, and guess what? They're more valuable than you because they know more. It's that simple. You you, you said a lot. Like, you know, uh, before, you know, you could take a video <clears throat> for some people who do social media or content creation. Yeah, just taking videos with the Instagram video recorder, that was cool. Now people are taking it to a whole different level. You know what I'm saying? So you come in and you're just doing regular recordings, and people are doing chop up edits on their phone. You know what I'm saying? So you you, you really got to be ill at what you do or very skilled at, at something in particular. Um, so, yeah, it's super important, Lady J, like what you said and, and what you said, Shay, you really have to be um, you really have to be versed. And, I, you know, I think that because um, you have to be very, I guess, uh, observant of the market, because, you know, when you reach a certain age, you just think that, hey, I'm great at this. Let me continue to become better at this. And it's like, yo, you got to be better at, you know, being better means you have to obtain several skills around what you do. You know what I mean? So, so Lady J, tell me, how, how did you become, because you're a woman of many degrees and a woman of many hats, how did you see, or how did you become um, great at those several things around the one thing that you were held so valuable in doing? If I'm being real, every time I got a no, I started building up to do something more, to be quite honest. Like early 20s, I was, um, early 20s, I want to say I applied to so many jobs, like until I found a job that was for me. And every time I would go to an interview, I would take notes especially if it was a job I didn't end up getting. Let's say I tell them I brought A, B, C to the table. And let's say, for example, I didn't get the job and they're like, yeah, we love that you have a bachelor's in broadcast journalism, but we're looking for someone that's also savvy with Facebook ads and ad buying and digital media. And I'm like, okay. So I would take all of that criticism and I would go back and be like, okay, I'm not gonna get 50 master's degrees. So how can I make sure I'm good at all these additional things? And being good at something, it doesn't mean you have to get an additional degree. You could do certifications. You could learn on your own, things like that. There's a lot of things. I don't have a degree in graphic design, but I could whip up a graphic if need be. Um, I don't have a degree in video or um, 
audio editing, but I could do that if need be. And a lot of that stuff is self-taught, right? Mm -hmm. So even if it's like learning how to do it on YouTube or wherever, or going to like, you know, nowadays it's easy. Come on, we're in the light, we're in the world of remote working. The remote working population has never been this big before. You could hop on a webinar at noon while you're working your nine to five if you're working remote. So now it's actually more accessible to learn new skills and trades. And there's so many websites that offer free certifications, even LinkedIn, um, getting people certified on different things. So for me is I would literally listen to feedback people would give me and I would build from there and I would use that to expand my resume. And honestly, I would, I am, I love LinkedIn. I'm a LinkedIn researcher. One thing I would do, let's say I want a position with XYZ company, I would look at all the people who work at the company. And let's say it's in the department where I want to work, I would look at everyone's qualifications that already work in the department. Let's say Susie does HTML, HTML video editing and she does, she has experience newspaper writing. Okay, let me add on some of those skills that I actually can do. <laughs> so don't just add on skills because somebody else having you actually get to the first day you can't do them let me try to become knowledgeable on those skills right and then expand upon that I think in my field um it's very easy to expand like like I said I have my bachelor's of science in broadcast journalism and broadcast journalism is a wide scope to do a lot of things just like marketing might be and things like that and you could branch out so it's really just looking where you want to go and building all of that together. So for me, as my parents would like to call me, they feel like I'm a lifelong student because they feel like I'll never stop going to school <laughs> for something. But I don't see a problem with that because I feel like it adds value to where I want to go. Um, before I started teaching at the college, right? But so I guess we don't talk about our personal life, but I am a college professor. Um, and before I started teaching, one of the things that allowed me to become a college professor was when they were hiring journalism professors, they said that they had a lot of um, journalism professors that only had like a bachelor's, master's, and PhD in journalism and communication. They didn't have a lot of people who had the degrees and then real, real world experience. And for this university I teach at, one of the things that they want to um, expand on now, for example, is having educators who could actually speak to students that know what it's like to go out and apply for those jobs that they want the students to apply to or the students want to do after college. Right. So again, the world is shifting. The world is shifting from people who have just read about things and talk about them to people who've read, talked, educated, and actually do them. I think right. you could gain a lot more insight from people who have worked and feel like and don't get me wrong I could tell you about plenty of times I've applied for jobs and I've heard a no but I could also tell you about all the times I've heard a yes and even to the point in my career now that the times I'm telling people no if it's something I don't want to do and mm. none of this was built overnight not one thing I've done was built overnight not one degree not nothing all of this has been a very long process and I think where we are right now in life, social media makes things seem like start, finish, nothing, something. Right. But I'll be the first one to tell anybody. And it's something I'm going to teach my daughter as she gets older. Almost nothing is built overnight. Like there's so many building blocks that go into things. But even with me, when I tell people a story, sometimes it's really just beginning and end. Because to be honest, nobody really cares about the middle and all the hardships or the not hardships, people don't really care about none of that. They just want to hear where you started and how you got to success. But I think the middle is imperative because it humanizes things that right. lots of us here knows, but we don't really harp on the nose. Think about social media. A lot of things happen to people that are unfortunate. Do we post about it? No, but we'll post about something like, hey, I'm featured in so-and-so, but that's life. That's how people operate. I'm not right. saying people should share the nose because I don't always, it's not necessary, but not for me, I could honestly say nothing was built overnight. I literally had to work towards it. And I think that's every single person on this podcast. I can probably say the same thing. Everything we had to work towards, it wasn't handed to us in most cases. 
you literally have to work for it. And I think that's the, um, I think once you become more successful, once you start making more money, and once people see those things, I think there's a big misconception that things just happen and oh my God, look what you're doing now. I'm like, no. <laughs> Those blood, sweat, and tears that went into all of this in right. whatever capacity. So, and I feel like you you just have to know your end goal. People who scare me the most in life in relationships and professionalism are people who are on the fence. And the reason why I say that is if someone doesn't know where they're going, they will drag you into their web of confusion and you will be stuck there with them and be stagnant. I yeah, think it's that's a word. It is very important to align yourself with individuals that know where they're going. And Jelly has said this before. It's one thing to have potential, but the potential has to lead to actions. And I yeah. might be misquoting her. That's not might not be the exact quote, but the potential has to lead to action. So I've learned in recent years, and I mean, this is not, I'm, I'm 30, so this isn't something I've known since I was 18, of course not, I learned through experience, like, to right. only begin to align myself and remove people from, like, my inner circle that are on the border, they don't know where they're going, and they're okay in a loop, and to me, people who are okay in a loop, when it comes to finances, are people who may live paycheck to paycheck, they go out to party, they make the money back, you know, what's that phrase, um, What's, what's that phrase y'all from that song like which one <laughs> find a check get it right back something like that i feel old what is it you uh, said it right is that the check and get it right back yeah so those aren't people i want to align myself with let's be let's be clear those are not people i want to align myself with because there's no longevity in that even if we're if we're going to like bring it all the way down an infamous Miami stripper, and she's on Love & Hip Hop Miami Tip Drill. She did an interview after she fell 20 foot off the pole after she was doing one of her like little debt drops. And one mm -hmm. of the things that she said during her interview was she would make 20 to 30K a night on the pole. And she has a son. She would make 20 to 30K a night on the pole. And she would spend it all and get it right back the next day. When she fell off that pole and was out of work for a long time, she realized that, wow, I'm not making 20, 30K anymore because I can't work. I don't have life insurance. I don't have anything put away for my son because she was so stuck in living the making this fast money, spending it, I get it back the next night. And I feel like once you're able to put that away, and I mean, everyone's not making 20, 30K a night. That's a tip drill thing. But even yeah. if you're making 2K, <laughs> 2K a week, right and you're spending 2k a week and you're like oh next paycheck in two weeks and you make your other 2k again those aren't people i want to align myself with because what are you doing yeah what yeah. do you i have longevity goals i have i have goals of things that i want to accomplish and i've realized that the more you hang around people who are on the border on the fence don't have a long time term goal don't have a vision you kind of get meshed in with all of that because if you're in a circle of friends and you have the most money you're you you are the most accomplished you have the most degrees and everyone else is on the fence it's easy to be stagnant because you will always be doing better than the people around you but right. doesn't mean you're doing your best you're just doing better than those people so I think it's better to be around people that I'm not saying do better than you but at least they have a goal with actions an attainable goal with actions is like I've met men even when it comes to dating I'm like the first question I ask when I date now is what is your goal and if your response is oh I want to be a business owner but I don't know what type of business and eh, next because what does that mean yeah 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 there's um I think that we we probably need a, a separate session to go through some of those um middle ground things you talked about because like you said it humanizes you and it lets people know that they can do it too you know what i mean they let people know that some of those stumbling blocks you're going through is actually on the path to where you need to be um and i think for a lot of people it's a numbers game you know like you started off your career at a young age and you know by the time you hit 30 you're on your way to where you want to be there's some people who who fumbled their time till they were 35 now that they're, now they're 36 
37 and they're like, well, I need to get on the right path. But they're like, dang, it took her 10 years. I'm going to be 47 before I get somewhere near where, I, you know what I'm saying? So now they're playing a, a time game. And it's like, yo, if you just follow certain steps, it may not take 10 years, it may take five, but it's going to take some time. But you have to start building that stuff now in order to get where you need to be. So, you know, we may need a separate session just to talk about, you know, what are those those traveling points and some of those bumps we hit in the road, let people know that, hey, this bump is actually close to your destination. You know what I mean? Yeah, that pothole right there, yeah, that's about 30 miles from success. You know what I'm saying? So you, you you are on the right path. You just can't allow, you know, some of the detours to get in your way. And you said something so key, just knowing where you want to go. I think for years that was part of the problem for me and people I knew is we knew where we had an idea of where we wanted to be, but there was no specific destination in the GPS. So you you just going around and circle like, this is the area, yeah, but I have no clue exactly where I want to be. And you can look up and you like, you think you have time and next thing you know, it's five years later. So, you know, that's, that's, that's super important, man. This is, this is one of those good sessions, man. You know, um, these, these unfortunately come to an end, but uh, ladies, let's go through our final thoughts. Uh, Chef Shea, tell me what you take away from tonight. What's your final thought or something that really pricked you tonight or something that you heard that was really important? Everything that was said was like gems and it's very important. And I hope everybody like even listens to listen to this back because there was so much knowledge that was dropped. But I think my I guess what my takeaway is is basically just how the saying goes. Um I hear this a lot, like if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to go to a different room. And just basically making sure that you're not being complacent and where you are in life and making sure that you're taking the steps to get to the next level, whatever level that may be. Um, and just making sure that you're continuously trying to grow yourself because there's other people around you who are doing the same thing and you don't want to be the person left behind. So just making sure that you're pouring into yourself um, so that you can get to your dream. Yeah. That's some good stuff, man. That's some good stuff. Jelly, let me hear your final thoughts for the night. I'll take something from Lady J. You know, I don't have to have 50 master's degrees. I really need to just figure out what are the key things that top companies are looking for and make myself the best at those things in order to maximize my earning potential and truly get paid what I'm worth, not what companies are willing to pay me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maximize what you're, what you're supposed to be paid by putting in what you need. Investing yourself. That's a, that's a huge thing. Lady J, how about you? One of the biggest takeaways is that you could get every single thing you desire in this life. You just have to determine that you are ready, willing, and you want it. Every no is the starting point to a yes. So all you got to do is make a decision that you want something and go after it. And you were able to get it. Like there's nothing else, there's nothing that you can't get. And I guess I'm on my Jay-Z tonight. I guess believe in yourself. <laughs> oh no. Taking oh, that 500k. Listen, Jay-Z said it best. He said he uh he made three billionaires. So <laughs> in the words of Jay-Z, hove, whatever you want to call him, Beyonce husband, uh believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimate self-confidence, even though. You know, we like, yo, Jay, give me that 500K. If you're just going to tell me believe in myself and have the utmost confidence in what I do, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then, But that's really important. Having the utmost confidence to be able to drown out the nose. You know what I'm saying? is that's, 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 that's premier advice because a lot of people stop going toward what they want because of disbelief in themselves, whether it be something that they've seen or something somebody told them. So that's super important. Uh, for my final thought, it's probably a couple of things. One of them is um, when we talked about people becoming specialists at things we no longer need, listen, continue to upgrade your value. Continue to work on your value. You continue to work on those things that give you the leverage for the life you want. Um, and also something Lady J said, said, build your leverage. Leverage just doesn't come because you say it. 
You know, people don't find you valuable just because you said you're valuable. You have to build your leverage. You have to build your contacts, build your relationships. You know, you have to build your mindset. You have to build those things around you, build your experiences, build good credit with people. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things you have to build to be able to walk in an office, like we said earlier, and say, mm, no, nah, I'm not taking that. And like Jelly said also, if you don't have the leverage or you don't have the value right now, <laughs> don't don't make those bold moves because I'm telling you now, we cannot support you. You cannot stay at anybody's house on the Therapy Podcast. Um, but thank you once again for tuning in with us. This is the Therapy Podcast. Listen, follow us on IG at Untherapy Podcast. That's Untherapy Podcast. We appreciate y'all's support. We really do. We thank you for tuning in with us, rocking out with another session. We're, we're trying to be as transparent as possible. We hope you got something great out of it. Listen, it's Chef Shea, Jelly Jails, Lady J, Coach Ferns, and we out. <laughs>